The opinions and views shared in this podcast are the opinions and views of the host and the host alone. They are not a reflection of his employer or any other organization that the host is a member of. The host does not speak for anyone, only himself. This is the I Am Pitt Podcast. Get ready for contact. Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy Dex with the I Am Pits podcast. And after a very long and lengthy hiatus from the podcasting world, I am back before you live on the audio and back in the YouTube. So if you can do me a favor, be sure to hit the subscribe button and all that jazz and leave reviews for the show, yada, yada, yada. Man, but what's been up with y'all, man? I'm, I'm, I've been doing all right. Been doing good, man. It's it was nice to take a break because I tell people that this is a hobby, but I tell you, it is a time consuming hobby because it takes a lot of time and preparation to do the show. And I've been a one man show now for going on this March will be three years. I started podcasting <laughs> and it literally, it takes a team. So when you see these guys with these giant podcasts and big shows, when all these things going on, you got to realize that they have a team and there's a social media guy that does all the posting and all that. And it's good to have that. When you have that and you can afford that, that's how you know you've made it in podcasting. Me, I've not made it. This is my little mom and pop podcast. And guess what? Guess I'm, I'm a one-man show here, yo. So it's everything's on me. Yo. And I tell people, man, you do this for a while, it kind of gets to you. And sometimes you need to be able to step away and just step back and just kind of breathe and, and uh, reground with reality. And that was kind of what I needed. You know, and I mean, man, I didn't realize how tired I was. I told myself that, like, because I doing the podcast, being a father, full-time police officer, you know, like, I told myself that, man, I'm going to take off for a little while. And, like, so I just couldn't even make myself do the show because I was like, I don't feel like talking. I don't feel like sitting in front of a camera. I don't feel like doing none of it. I don't feel like researching. And I was in my mind thinking, well, maybe I'm not going to come back at all. Or maybe I'm just going to end the podcast. But <clears throat> after a little while, you start getting, I start getting, getting the itch because, the way my mind operates, every time something's going on, I'm constantly getting thoughts. And I'm like, man, constantly having to write down something that I saw. Like, here's a comment or something, a thought that came to my mind I want to say on the show. And so for me, it was like I had to step back and just kind of detach from all that. And it's been nice, man. I've just been able to kind of focus on living life and just kind of living in the moment. And I stopped doing the show back in November because I just got super busy. Uh, as I told you all before, I don't know if you all been listening, but uh I joined the uh, H&T hostage negotiation team at my police department. So I'm now officially a trained, F, uh, a trained negotiator for my police department. I went through the FBI class for a week, yo, and just, I said I was going to do a show after that, you know, and it just never came to fruition. I was just mentally burned out and just working. And I was like, I'm done. And in my mind, I said, I'm going to have so much more time at home. I'm going to get all this stuff done at home. And I wasn't working overtime, any side jobs. And I tell people I have two modes. All the way on, when I'm all the way on, I'm doing everything. I'm going 100 miles per hour, podcasting, father, you know, taking care of my kids, you know, doing things with my wife, overtime. I mean, I was doing it all, you know, literally burning the candle at both ends. And then my other mode is when I'm off, I am completely off. You know, and I thought when I can turn off, I thought I was going to be able to do kind of half where it's like, yeah, I'm not going to do podcasting, you know, but I'm going to do all this other stuff. Nah, man, my mind was like, dude, you're done. Sit down. I didn't do anything. Like, so I've literally been sitting around the last few months. Oh, and just kind of 
just kind of living life and just kind of really just vegging out in front of the TV, just enjoying my family. You know, just I was on social media, you know, but not like I usually am and just wasn't watching the news. I just didn't want to be bogged down with all that, all the doom and gloom that comes from the media. You know, and then social media, which I'll get into in a little bit. You know, I, I literally had to just step away like this is all too much, you know? So like I said, you know, I did the FBI thing. And then, then after that, I've also uh, became a chaplain for the FO for the fraternal police, my FOP lodge from my police department. Yeah. Trust me. I know I was like, man, who messed up and made me a chaplain? Yeah. So I'm, I'm a chaplain. So I've been doing that, doing that and talking about sending me to school in class. And y'all, I tell people, forgive me. I love the Lord, but sometimes I curse. I'm still, I'm still a work in progress. So, you know, hey, give me time, give me time, y'all give me time. But I, you know, I can pray for you, man. Old Chaplain Pitts will pray for you if you need something. I know I got a connection with the man upstairs, so it's all good, man. So, you know, then other than that, you know, I've been also dealing with a lot of injuries, as you all know. Uh, so while I was off, January 2nd came around. If you've been following me, read my book, you know, January 2nd is my live day. That marked 19 years to the day where I was injured in Iraq and almost died. And got this uh, beautiful scar on my arm. <clears throat> And because of the sacrifice of my left arm and the, tomorrow the government is going to drop me a nice check in my account that's going to be deposited magically by you all. So thank you for your tax dollars. I really appreciate that. You know, people are like, man, it must be nice to have that money. I'm like, bro, it must be nice to sleep at night without nightmares. It must be nice to be able to fully flex and bend your left arm because I can't do none of that. It must be nice to walk around without back problems, you know, and having good knees. Yeah, so you know, I got I got all jacked up in Iraq, yo. So I was just sitting thinking like, wow, I can't believe it's been 19 years. And I, I want to do an episode, but my mind was like, bro, you're not doing nothing. You need to sit down. You know, and my my, my mind tells me I can do all these things, yo, but my body is starting to catch up with me. You know, I've been doing you know service, you know, policing and military combined. Yeah, I've been going on, I think uh it's 18 years now. And I'm definitely not getting younger, and my I'm starting to feel it in my knees, and so uh, <laughs> I've, I've been working out, as you can tell, brother, looking a little thick up top. I know what you're thinking. As you're watching on the screen, you can see me bounce that chest, bounce them pecs on the, ooh, look at that. Man, that's nice, dog. Yeah, so I've been hitting the gym. Like, I've been consistently in the gym because I've had time. And literally, all I've been doing is focusing on is myself getting healthy and getting in shape and just kind of my family. So, yo, uh, and I've been, I was back to running. If you've been following me on Instagram at Pits one make sure you go follow me. I've been running. I was running my the park 3.4 miles, yo, and then I go hit the weights for an hour, and it and it never fails. Or when you're getting into a good rhythm, yo, like I'm out here crushing it, man. I wasn't making any breaking any records running, yo, but man, but I was sitting at consistent no matter the weather, you know. I'm out here getting it, and then all of a sudden I wake up a couple weeks ago and I'm like, oh, that's odd. I can't move my right knee, and I don't know what happened, you know. So. I get up and I'm trying to wobble around the house. My wife was like, you need to go to the doctor. I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, then I realized like, man, if I go to work like this, dude, I'm going to be a liability and get killed. So I decide, you know what? I don't feel like going to the doctor. I'm going to go to the VAER and I'm going to let them check me out because clearly something's wrong. You know? So I drive myself to the VA here in Louisville, the Robley Lex Center down on Zorn Avenue, Louisville. And I literally hobble into the VA. Like I cannot walk and I go in there and I'm like, hey, I'm having problems. I don't know. I think I might have. I know I've torn something because I've torn my knee up four times. I've had four knee surgeries. And every time it's been a meniscus tear that two of my right knee and uh, excuse me. Yeah. Two of my right knee and one to my left knee. <clears throat> and well, this time, you know, 
I, I'm realizing the, the symptoms I'm having. I'm like, this feels like I've torn my meniscus again. So I tell the doc, you know, well, we're going to take it for an x-ray. I'm like, I really don't need an x-ray. But I understand that they have a policy and procedure that which they have to do where they can't just go and give you an MRI. They got to get an x-ray. You know, so I get an x-ray and I'm talking to the doc. He's like, well, everything looks fine with the bones. It just sounds like tendonitis. And I'm like, doc, it's not tendonitis. It's definitely not tendonitis, my man. I've had tendonitis many times in this life because of what I do. And I was like, yo, I, I need an MRI. He's like, yeah, well, it's, here's what we're going to do. Juice might be pro for man. I'm just going to send you home. You'll be okay. So, and this is what people complain about the VA all the time and the care that you get or the lack of care that you get. Now, I tell people, I've been going to the VA for almost 20 years now. It's been hit and miss. Most of the care I've gotten at the VA has been really good care and decent. You know, but sometimes they miss the mark. And let me tell you, the federal government missed the mark on this one. You know, I, I hobble in there hardly able to walk. And guess what? They sent me home with no crutches, no knee brace, no pain meds, nothing. Just ibuprofen. Do a follow-up. Oh, and guess what? The follow-up snapped for like a month, two months. You know, I'm just like, this is not going to work. So what do I do? I get on the phone the next day and I call my primary care doctor through TRICARE, my civilian insurance that I get for being uh, medically retired from the Army. <clears throat> and my doctor, shout out to Lang Dr. J. Langford, my dude, pulled me, he gets me an appointment the next day, pulls me in, I tell him the symptoms of my history. He's like, yeah, sounds like you might have torn your meniscus. Hey, here's an MRI. Gives me my little order. I go to the MRI place, get the MRI. Guess what? I've got a torn meniscus. And so now I'm awaiting surgery on for that on April 8th, which will be my fourth knee surgery. But I'm actually still out here in the streets working, dog. <clears throat> it's a little painful, but I, I can do my job. Can't move as fast, but I can still do my job. And it's hard for me to want to take off because I have, I feel like I have a responsibility to the guys I work with you know, and I have a responsibility to the people I serve. So it's not easy for me to take off. And I don't, honestly, I don't want to burn the time either, you know, so, but I absolutely, you know, if I get to the point where I feel like I'm a liability, I'm definitely not going to come in. So there are days where I've had to call in where it's like, man, literally, I can't get out of bed hardly. Y'all, like, I'm not going to make it. And I'll punch in and, you know, take a couple hours of a sick time, you know. So, you know, if it's that bad, and it's been that bad a couple times, <laughs> and it's hurting right now, you know. So, you know, it is what it is. You know, I've also got the wrist injury that we don't know what happened. I just left the range one day, and now my wrist hurts 24-7. And got an MRI for that through the VA, yo. And hey, we still ain't figured that out, yo. But it's in pain. And so I've been getting injections, man. But like I said, that's just the reality, man. I'm turning 40 in a couple months. <laughs> I mean, everybody's like, 40 still young. I'm like, yeah, 40 still young. Yo. If you've never been in the military, not been a police officer, never played sports, which I've done all of them, yo. So 40's hitting me hard, man. And just, man, I still can't believe it. I'm, I'm 40. And I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm thankful to still be here. And be as decent looking as I am at 40. Not, not a bad looking guy, man. But at the same time, I realize that I'm 40. I'm like literally the old guy. And I'm I'm not old, but I'm definitely aging and not well, yo. But I'm definitely the old guy to some people. Like, talk to somebody 20, look at you like you're 40. Like, damn, bro, you old. I'm like, I'm really not, man. But, <clears throat> you know, th during this time I was off, I was partaking in social media, just looking at social media. You know, and I'm just getting more and more annoyed with social media and just, I just hate social media. I really do. And, I, and everybody's like, well, that's kind of contradictory because you're on social media. Yes, I am. But I'm not on social media for the same reason everybody's on. I'm not necessarily on social media to get clout and get likes and become famous, yo, which like the new generation is. Yo. I'm literally on social media because I like to connect with other people, police officers and veterans. And I do want to have some influence 
and have an opinion out there. You know, but I'm not trying to be the guy and the guru yo, that's got like 100,000 people and putting out stuff every day and making these motivational posts. That's not that's not what I want to do. You know, and I mean, man, and everybody wants to be that. You're like, that's like the bar now in America is nobody cares about Hollywood celebrities. It's all about influencers. And it's just like, man, do and I told y'all before, like, which is the reason why I really just started doing, you know, the video on YouTube is like, I really don't want to be an influencer. I just like being able to take part in conversations and meet cool people, hear good stories. That's what I like. Yo, I don't, I don't want to be the guy everybody comes to like, man, what does Dexter Pitts think? Although I am honored when people do that, yo, but that's not like my goal in life is to be the guy, you know, the law enforcement guy, the police guy, yo, the, the military veteran guy. I don't want to be that guy. I'm just a guy, you know, and then I just realized I was, I was scrolling through social media because I was at home bored and just, you know, just kind of chilling like everything on social media <laughs> really annoys me a lot. Like I'm literally becoming the angry old person that's telling that people walking on my grass and making loud noise. And I'm literally the guy on social media like, what is this? this is stupid. Why, why is anybody doing this? this is dumb. You know, then I start flaming people in the comments, becoming a troll. You know, they just because I'm mad and I'm angry. And I'm just like, this is all dumb. You know, but I'm actually playing into what they want. They want that interaction. They want that engagement. That is what social media is all about. And I'm realizing like, hey, I'm falling right into the trap. But, you know, and then I as I kept scrolling, I just realized and I think about the people around me. And I'm like, man, nobody I know is really like, man. Did you see what happened on what such and such posted last night? Oh my God, I can't believe they put this on X on Twitter. <clears throat> I can't believe you said this. I mean, you got to see this video. And I'm like, it's not really like that in the real world when it comes to social media. Like people take social media in internally, oh, and they get something from it for, for themselves personally. Oh, and me, honestly, I don't, I don't really get a lot out of social media. It's just kind of social media for me fills a void in my life where I'm bored, as most people. You know, there's not like tell people there's plenty to do. But everybody's so busy scrolling on their phones that they don't realize that there's plenty to do. Me, I realize there's plenty to do. But like I said, I was taking a break and I get sucked into social media and I just start scrolling. I'm just like, man, all of this is stupid, yo. Then I just realize also at the end of the day, no one really cares. Nobody cares. When you have a social media profile and you are an influencer or you're an avid consumer of social media like most of us are, yo. But I tell people at the end of the day, nobody really cares, man. And then I see stuff like people posting their workouts and dude, there's a workout guru for everybody and everything and every female. It's always booty cheek day at the gym. You know, and it's just like chicks on the Internet everywhere. I know what you think about my algorithm. I trust me. I know. Trust me. I know. But it's it's everywhere. It's literally I don't even have to look for it it's everywhere. And it's just like back day. But it's like booty cheeks all up in the camera. You know, it's just like, man. And then you see guys working out. Then everybody's got a motivational video. You know, and I'm just like, dude, I'm, I'm sitting here like. Is any of this encouraging or motivating to me? And I'm like, no, this is all distracting and it's all stupid for the most part. And it's just an attention grab, you know, people trying to sell you stuff. And I'm just like, man, I'm sitting there thinking like nobody cares. And like I was looking at all these like social media ladies always working out. And I'm just like, man, this place, it's so saturated with fakeness. And it's just so saturated with people crying for attention, yo. And I'm sitting there looking at these ladies working out and these dudes working out. And I, and I look at the amount of followers the women have. Yo, and I'm just thinking, like, all these followers you have are dudes that are just literally looking at you in a sexual manner. Like, nobody cares about your deadlift. Nobody cares about your form. They just want to see them cakes. That's all. That's all it is. Like, nobody cares. Like, it's it's literally it's just lightweight porn for everybody. For real. That's literally what it is for guys. Like, it's just 
it's just eye candy for them. They have endless eye candy. You know, and I'm just sitting there like, dude, this is this is low-key. It's disgusting. And it's so easy and accessible for dudes. And I'm not gonna go deep in that because I'm gonna get into that on another podcast at another time, yo. But it's just and you no, know, these women know and these people realize no one is following you for your workout advice. For the dudes that are in shape, these chicks are not following you for your workout advice. They're literally following you because you're nice to look at. Are you adding positivity to the world? Maybe, but at the end of the day, not really. Yo. I, like I said, this is all about getting looks, man. And I just, I told you, there's just so much fakeness out there. And the one thing I don't want to do is become a fake person online and doing all the stuff and saying all the stuff. And, they, and I'm not living it, which most people, everything you see on social media, it's become a lightweight Hollywood where everything is literally fake and curtailed to draw you in to make you want to spend your money on a product that they're advertising. You know, that's literally all it is, man. And I'm just sitting there like, man, no one wants to see you, you know, fake waking up in the morning. Like these videos, people like waking up in the morning, like they sit up in the bed, like they get up and sit their camera up and then they wake up and stretch like, oh, come with me this morning as I get dressed to go on the street to be a police officer with the TikTok cops. That's a whole different thing. And then it's like, spend the day with me on like people literally set up their cameras to go park their cars and get out set up the camera to walk into the store. And I'm just like, how do you have time to actually live an actual life when you're filming every second of life and day? It's like, when I was off on myself, I was like, man, do I really want to be an influencer? Yo, do I really want to grow this show that big in my podcast? So it's like, yeah, it's great to grow it if you can earn income from it. But I'm like, I don't want to live. I'm 40, bro. I don't want to live on my phone 24 seven because you got your phone here, but you got a whole world around around you that you can interact with yo but he's glued to this phone and i'm like man i'm glued to my phone as well everybody we're all guilty of it all of us as i saw i'm no different but at the same time i'm cognizant enough to realize hey, that what's at stake and that's why i'm just kind of like man i gotta pull away from this crap and i kind of gotta reground the reality and that's really what i've been doing you know and i, I said it's just social media is just saturated with so much crap and there's just so much bad in the fake life hacks out there and you know, like the last thing I want to do is contribute to people's contribute to people just burning and wasting time in it, looking at investing into my products and their products and instead of investing into themselves. You know, they, so you can spend your time on social media, investing in other people when you could actually be investing in yourselves. And that's kind of what I kind of picked up from my time. You know? Then, like I said, social media is just weird. All the trends that come out. I, I hate these trends trend. and I feel like the best way for me to be unique in social media is any trends on here and talk. Literally, that's it for me. Like, I don't need to do that video where they're hanging their phones up from the ceilings and now they're doing stuff. Yo, when I saw something the other day yo, where they're throwing slushies at their trucks, I'm like, none of this crap makes sense. And none of it is original. Everything is like literally like a photocopy of everything else. Yo. And I'm just like 40 years old, about to be 40. I'm not doing these social media trendings, man. You know, and then they got the weird things like the ASMR stuff where I don't understand this generation, y'all. I really don't. But there's people on the microphone like, oh, yeah, yeah. Y'all like the sound of that. You know, then, like the sounds of people eating. Oh, my. It's, and there, there was like some chick on there, this large black woman, black girl. And she just sits in front of the camera and eats all day. You know, like she just eats and she's huge and like she's dying. She's literally killing herself with food, yo. Know, she sits there all day and eats, and people just watch. I was looking at her, her amount of likes, comments, and follows. This chick's got almost like 100,000 followers. Now, all she does is eat. 
And I'm like, have we really fallen this far in society to where this is like the standard and like, this is it? Like, we just sit here and watch people eat. And I'm just like, this is disgusting. I don't want to sit here and watch somebody eat. I don't want to sit here and watch people lift weights. I want to be the one eating. I want to lift weights. But why do we have to do it in camera and post it? But I said, I complained about it. But at the same time, this is what people are drawn to, bro. And I'm like, and people are like, you're hating because I don't have any followers. I don't. I only have like 2,400 to 2,400 followers on like Instagram. Actually, a couple the other day because I posted, but I, I really don't care. Apparently, they care, but I just really don't care. And, it, and I'm just kind of, this is what people are after. And I realized my potential to grow was only so much. I'm boring, man. I'm really, really, really boring. I have things to offer, you know, story-wise and in the interviews and things I do. But after, outside of that, people don't care about real-life stuff. Yo. People want a distraction from real life. Yo. And they go on here and watch people eat soup all day and just make noises and sounds. And I'm just like, bro, this is this is some low quality trash entertainment but that's what the people want but i'm trying to be after that and i, I, I like i have to be honest with myself like nobody really wants to hear from a 40 year old black dude that was a veteran in the military that's married has two kids is responsible you know saves his money and you know takes care of his kids and in a war that was fought like 20 years nobody cares about that stuff nobody cares that i'm a christian like there's an audience for everything, yo, but at the end of the day, nobody's really flocking to listen and hear me because they're just, this dude, just like every everybody else in my real life, which I'm normal, but nobody gets on social media to see normal. And I'm like, man, the other thing, I, bro, like I said, I'm not super sexy, man. My wife thinks I'm super sexy, sexy, you know, I'm, I'm pardon me, I'm a little biased, but I think I look pretty good, especially going on almost being 40, you know. Started growing the hair out a little bit, dog. You know, my little midlife crisis hair I got. My little midlife curls I got up here. <clears throat> you know, but it's just like, I'm not <laughs> I'm not attractive to some people just because, like, I'm older and I'm old, dude. And I'm not, you know, I got a nice, decent up top body. You know, I'll take, I told you I was bouncing the pecs, man. I look, I look pretty good, man, but that's not what people are after. People are not after average and ordinary, man. No one cares. And then the things I talk about are just kind of, common sense i don't really hop on the podcast to go all the way in on the left or go all the way in on the right yo i look for the meeting in the middle i look for the soft spot in the middle where everything yo and i'm like nobody really cares about what's in the middle everybody wants the extremes yo. and i'm like man how do i stay you know different i don't deal in the extremes i try to look at everything and be reasonable i don't write and sometimes my takes are probably a little too much for some people, but that's fine, yo. But like I said, I'm not gonna go out of my way and not be myself, yo, and just do and say things simply on social media to gain a following, yo. So, you know, I was thinking about when I was coming back to the show, like, what am I gonna do going forward? Nothing. I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing because this is who I am. This is what I wanna be. I'm not trying to be a, you know, almost 40 year old internet celebrity and have all these followings. And that's not what I'm for. I just like making friends. I like meeting people and having good conversations. And you know what? That's what I'm going to keep doing. And I'm going to keep encouraging people. I'm going to have conversations and I'm going to just keep it positive, you know, man. So I'm not going to get into all that and I'm not going to distract you all from your. Do not let me in the I Am Pitts podcast and when I do <clears throat> be the center of your life. Please don't be the center of your own life. Don't let anybody on the internet be the center of your life. You are the center of your life. You have a life outside of your phone. Enjoy.
enjoy your life, have fun, work on yourself, grow yourself, man. And I'm not saying that from a motivational standpoint where you got somebody, you know, some social media dude out there doing push-ups in the rain with no shirts on. When I woke up this morning, I knew that it was all on me, that I had to get up and just go, that nobody's going to do fail. Just I'm not doing the fake motivational stuff. You already know it. You have dreams. You have ambitions. Go chase after them. Hey, if you're doing something, you're on the way to go somewhere, and you're like, man, look, Dex just put out a new podcast. I'm going to tune in. Hey, great. But don't hang on counting on me to be doing this podcast every day and every looking forward to it every day. But those that do like it and do continue to tune in, hey, I appreciate you all more than you know. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for valuing my opinion and what I have to offer and what I have to say. Like I said, we're going to keep it real going forward, man. But, you know, like I said, I'm back in a – trying to keep this one under an hour so we'll try to squeeze a lot in here in a little bit of time yo but like i said since i've been off there were so many things that have happened and that's the other thing i tell people man just the news cycle is click 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 it just keeps coming and it does not stop and like i said my podcast is a the fact podcast where i'm not trying to be the first on anything yo. i like to let things breathe a little bit yo then i like to kind of get involved you know, where i okay <clears throat> i'm gonna give my opinion on this because I don't want to give the wrong opinion based off of the uh, action. So unfortunately, man, I feel like there's a lot of people, you know, that just absolutely jump to whatever the first thing is and they just want to be the first on it. And like I said, I, that's not what I want to be, man. That's not who I want to be going forward. You know? So for me, I've taken my time to uh, just kind of let, let stories breathe and lead and then kind of jump into it. Yo, know? but and like I said, as I was off, <clears throat> let me pull this up. My bad. I, and ladies and gentlemen, I like I said, I'm a little rusty, man. I, please forgive me. <laughs> I am definitely rusty when it comes to playing on it <laughs> on StreamYard here. And then, hey, yo, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, share the screen with y'all. So here it is. So this story popped up. <clears throat> so a couple of years ago, and everybody's been reaching out to me, man, what about Sushi Gate? Who are these guys? Do you know these guys? So Sushi Gate for the Louisville Metro Police Department. I remember when the grumbling started happening years ago. Like, apparently there's videos of officers going around throwing sushis on people and i said to myself what i was like yeah dude, there's no way there's no way that yeah this is a way apparently there's an investigation and i've always wondered who it was and you know who was involved yo then little little name started to leak out and now, of course it's people i know brian wilson and kurt flynn and one of who i actually grew up with and known for quite some time officer kurt flynn anyway so when this video, when they, the police department finally released the video after this investigation. And so the investigation has been done. And actually these officers have already been terminated and they've already done their time. I know Kurt Flynn, like I said, I grew up with him. Flynn did almost a year in the federal prison because of this, but he was let out early. He got early release. Brian Wilson, who I worked with on the streets in Louisville in the West End in the second division. He's doing time because he had something else going on with voyeurism. Brother, brother had a lot of problems because I just didn't expect that from him. Because when I worked the streets with him, he seemed like very clean and straightforward guy. But just goes to show that you never know who you're really working with, man. You don't know. You think you know until <clears throat> until your partner pops up in the news and you're like, holy crap, what happened? And people are like, did you see any of that? I never knew this coming with any of these guys because I just home and they're decent. Well, I from what I thought. Brian Wilson was a decent person, but I can honestly sit here and say, I know Kurt Flynn and Kurt Flynn is a decent person. So after all this was done, I remember Kurt got out of jail. You know, I remember talking to him about the situation and I think I've talked about it on the show before, yo, but 
you know, Kurt's a good dude. And a lot of people hear me say that, yo, but they think I'm being biased, but I've known Kurt since high school and I've worked with Kurt. He's a good dude. It can be a little silly sometimes. He's done something. Hey, you go around asking anybody on the little Metro Police Department. We got Kurt Flynn stories for days. For days. I will never forget the incident where we went to work. They sent out a, uh, it's kind of like a list of things that happened. And there was a stabbing at the National Guard Armory. Yo. So we're reading about the stabbing at the National Guard Armory. And it was Kurt Flynn that accidentally stabbed the guy at the National Guard Armory with this new knife he got that he was playing with in the chow line. Yo. We were like, ah. It's Kurt, man. That's just Kurt. You know, so it, when this story broke, a lot of people were reaching out to me like, man, who is these guys? Why did they do this show? And I can't explain why these guys did what they did. And But I do know this. I, I didn't like it. It was disgusting. And when I talked to Kurt, I told him, Kurt, I love you. You're my boy. But I hate what you did. But regardless of, I, I, of how I told him, how it made me feel, he hated what he did even more. You know, because, you know, he's got a wife and kids. And man, got a good reputation he served honorably in the air force for almost 20 years actually he just got his retirement yo so he's been a good yo but it just goes to remind you and show you that yo good people make bad decisions all the time none of us are above that yo but like the decisions that they made over and over and over again and go lord for have mercy for some odd reason recording it i it, it baffles my mind and blows me that they recorded it but i understand how somebody gets caught up in this with peer pressure yo and just and then these specialized units where I tell people it's like a it's like a giant frat house, bro. It's and it's really a lot of peer pressure when you see someone doing something stupid and you're like, you know, like, ah, man, you know, come on, Dex, come on, let's do it a little bit. See, I've grown to a point in my life where I don't really believe in peer pressure because I'm a grown man. But not everybody's on that same level as me. Like I've had officers ask me to do dumb things. I'm like, no, nope, I'm not doing that because I realize what I have to lose and my name and reputation is on the line. And I've worked hard. If you read my book, I've worked hard to rebuild my reputation as to that of to what it is now. And, and there's no way that I was going to be drawn in or sucked in to like this, yo, just because I know where I stand. People know where I stand, yo. But unfortunately, Kurt Flynn, you can see him in the videos, you know, get thirsty, fam. And then chucking slushies at random people. It, it, it was disgusting and it done irreparable damage to our profession. But, but like I said, this was five years ago and the story's just coming out. But People are now looking at the story and they're seeing, hearing it's one thing, yo, but actually seeing it, it's, it, it's rattled a lot of people. And I feel like it's going to stir up something, yo, but I said, regardless of justice being served, like, I just don't like the fact that, you know, it's being released now, but I understand why it's got to be released, but I just don't want any officers to get hurt behind something that five happened five years ago. Like it's been done and it's over. He's moved on with his life, you know, and I support Flynn in that, you know, like I said, he's been held accountable as he should have. Like I say, what they did was horrible, disgusting, and embarrassing. And, 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 but at the same time, I'm like, man, I understand and see how these things happen, regardless of how I feel. I don't agree with it, but justice has to be served and people have to be punished. But like I said, good people do irrational things all the time. Like I said, I've done some silly, immature things when I was in the army, on the police department. But at the same time, I was like, we have to look at this reasonable and look at the punishment that was handed down, not to a Brian Wilson, because Wilson's clearly a piece of garbage, a piece of human trash. But like he had a whole bunch of other stuff going on with his wife. And just, I mean, he's she divorced. He was completely a different person. But Flynn, when you look at his service record, you realize he's a good dude, yo. But at the same time, you have to realize that Flynn made a mistake. And, and for me, like I said, we have to forgive people and realize 
people are humans and people humans are going to make mistakes. So it's it's going to happen. It is going to happen. And like I said, you have to be held accountable and you have to consequences. And he has this man lost everything. This man is now a felon, a convicted felon, which honestly, I do not agree with. Should he be fired? Yes. Should he have done time in jail? Yes. But to make this man a felon for throwing slushes on people, it'd be different if, if people were hurt. People were literally, you know, suffered from this, but no getting hurt by throwing a sugary drink on somebody. It's getting hurt, but for them to make this a felony, I was like, that's a bit much for me. Does he deserve the max punishment? Yes, but we, the crime, you know, the punishment has to fit the crime. And I don't feel like the crime, the punishment is fitting the crime. And like, you got to understand when this come out, the DOJ was here, and then just the political strife in the country. So they went after these guys with a full head of steam and they just punished him to the max and i know flint told me he thought about fighting it because one there's no victims to test but at the same time if you fight you you'll lose everything you'll go to jail for five ten fifteen years but if you just take this felony it can just go away and be done and he just take the felony but like i said, i'm proud dude he's put himself back together he's back you know he's going to church he's doing his thing he's found a life outside of police department we want to try to get him on but like I said, he doesn't like talking about it because it, and I can understand it. it's embarrassing, man. I mean, for the rest of his life, his kids are going to know that that's my father. That's my last name. And he took part in this incident. So it's a shameful thing, yo. But like I said, I forgive him. I think other people need to forgive him because we just have to forgive him, man. Like I said, we don't mean we got to forgive it, but at the same time, we can't always hold everything somebody does against them their whole, whole life and career. You know, I'm as a Christian man, you we realize we have to people, okay? And so while we're on the topic of forgiving people and people making mistakes, and we're talking about local stuff with Louisville Metro Police Department, there was another incident that recently uh popped up here. Somebody, uh, my buddy Jason Angrove, he hit me up. So he was asked, there was a story that broke about the LMPD police chief, Chief Win Vin, I can never say her name, Win. Via Rio, I can never say her name, but the new police chief at LMPD, who's a black female. There we go. That's what we're going to go with. Police Gwen. So there was an incident that happened. I talked about it where an LMPD officer was uh, <clears throat> chasing somebody in his car. And during that time, I guess the person crashed their car and the uh, chief goes on scene and she's talking to him. And so this video pops up and it's and I see this article and it says LMPD chief lies on the stand. You know, and I was like, I'm like, man, this is going to be juicy. So I'm just like, man, let's know. Let me get in here. And so I'm going to let y'all hear this. So the whole thing was about whether she was wearing a body camera or not. And now they're saying that she lied on stand. I want to play this clip for you all. I circled. If you would have had it on you, you obviously would have turned it on, right? Because you were out there. You were interacting with the public, right? This is the body camera he's talking about. That's your story. You're sticking to it. That's my statement. I want to show the jury some truth and transparency. <clears throat> Where's the footage, Chief? Did you delete it? We reached out to the mayor's office for comment and response to this. They did respond, giving us this statement. 
After providing over six hours of testimony on an incident she responded to two and a half years ago, as then Deputy Chief, Chief Gwen Villarreal misspoke in response to a gotcha question from a lawyer trying to inflame the jury and drive up their own payday. They later added that the chief has done a great job building trust within the community since taking over LMPD back in June. All right, yo. So that was the incident that happened. So they didn't show it, but they showed a video of her with a body camera on at the scene of this incident, but it was not activated and on, even though she said, if I had a body camera on that day, I would have been wearing it. <clears throat> so that leads me to believe that, man, like I said, this incident was two years ago. And do you remember everything from every incident that happened two years ago? No, you don't. I've been caught in a similar situation on the stand, yo, where they asked me, who transported Mr. Lanier to the hospital? If you actually Google LMPD officer Dexter Pitts, <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry about that. If you Google LMPD officer Dexter Pitts, you can actually still find the lawsuit that I was involved in that, you know, it got dismissed because everything was just crazy and blown out of proportion. Yo, but it got thrown out. But I got caught up on the stand when I answered a question out because I kept saying, I don't recall. I don't know. I don't recall because it had been years. And I got caught up in the stand saying, well, I think maybe my partner possibly transported. And guess what? They pop up a video on the screen. And guess who's transporting to the Mr. Lanier to the to the jail. There I am driving, doo, 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 looking like a fool on the stand, and it looked like I lied, but I did not lie. And of course, this was at a different time in LMPD, and I wasn't punished for that because I told them I just really don't know. I, I guess my partner could have, and so it happens, man. So I don't think that she lied intentionally. I really believe that she believed that she wasn't wearing a body camera that day, and I think if she had remembered, she would have said, "Hey, I don't remember." <clears throat> or she would have said otherwise but yet they use that against her so a lot of people are asking me how i really feel about it i don't think it's a bad thing but at the same time this is my issue with her i feel like if it had been a officer that done that a lower level officer that there might have been some sort of you know action taken against that officer but because she's a black female they know who they hired they know why they hired her and because she's a police chief She's given special privilege because of that. And so I think if it had been a regular officer at this point in time, in this day and age, that officer would have been punished to the max because here's the problem we're having with Louisville Metro right now. <clears throat> I understand why the DOJ is here and I understand why things are the way they are. I might not agree with everything, but I understand that because back in the day when things used to happen, you know, a complaint would come in, an officer would do something wrong. Sometimes things would get swept under the rug, especially if the officer was in the good old boys, boys and girls club and they had their favorites. So there was a time where nothing was happening. There were no punishments being handed out or where it was being selective and only certain people were getting punished. And then we've gone to the extreme other side to where everything you do is under scrutiny and you're being punished for every little mistake you make. Yo, LMPD police chief Gwen is like, she's literally firing people left and right. And I mean, man, my homeboy just called me the other day. He got in a shooting, well, an accidental shooting where he got knocked to the ground and his gun went off. And guess what? He's got 20 days, bro. I mean, she's firing people that don't have a history of, you know, making mistakes on uh, that don't have a discipline history. And she's like, she's literally handing out everybody 10, 15, 20 day, 30 day suspensions, which puts them this close to getting fired. Yo, so hey, there's a lot going on. Yo. And so for me, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, OK, she's not going to be punished. But if it had been a lower level officer, that officer would have been punished. Absolutely. But she's special because of that. And I have, and I, what I hate to do is bring up somebody's past because the past is the past, but sometimes the past is a predictor, can't be a predictor of the future. 
And so I there's another story that surfaced shortly after this show where we find out that let me pull up the story that we have this story that surfaced part of my microphone. I don't know what's going on with this thing, yet, but I've been having problems with it. But so, yeah, give me one second. y'all. Like, so I'm a little rusty, man, a little rusty. Louisville Metro Police Chief previously suspended for lying Atlanta Records shows. So it goes and says Louisville Metro Police Chief Jacqueline Gwen Villarreal was recently faced criticism locally over false testimony at a civil trial, was previously suspended by the police Atlanta Police Department for lying, documents obtained by the Courier-Journal. According to the disciplinary records obtained by under Georgia's open records law, Gwen Villarreal was suspended for 20 days in 2003 for untruthfulness and for attempting to access investigation files she was not authorized to view. The department determined she lied about attempting to illicitly obtain files from a narcotics trafficking investigation targeting a relative. During the misconduct probe two decades ago, Chief Gwynn reportedly denied searching a colleague's desk and removing a file until she was shown a covertly a covertly recorded video of her doing so. So this just goes to show that, you know, she has a history. She's not a perfect person, you know, but at the same time, now she's a police chief, and I'm sitting here like, man, this lady was given a second chance that she should have been fired for that incident, especially if you're going and getting sensitive information into an ongoing narcotics investigation to help warn your family member. You don't deserve to be a cop. I feel like that should be an instant fireable offense. But she was given a second chance. But now here she is in Louisville, and she is not really giving anybody a second chance. I mean, she's hammering these dudes. Everybody I know in the Metro was afraid of farting the wrong way and somebody catching a whiff and complaining because they know that they're going to be fired instantly. You know? So, like I said, we've landed in a spot where it's on the extreme now. You know? So, like I said, can we hold this against her 20 years ago? Man, a part of me wants to because of how she's being to people now. She knows what it's like to make a mistake. You know? But at the same time, I, I don't want to be able to hold I don't want somebody to hold my mistakes against me I made 20 years ago because who I was 20 years ago was not who I am now. But at the same time, like I said, you have to realize that sometimes the past can be a predictor. And I'm not saying that she's still a dishonest person. I really don't. And I know she's grown from it. But at the same time, I feel like she has lost the she has lost the ability to be objective because we have the DOJ breathing down her throat. Politics in this current environment in America, especially when it involves policing and she's a protected class. If you look at Metro, LMPD is all about the DEI initiative, diversity, equity, and inclusion, yo. And you mean it's to tell me you you and here's the other fact. <clears throat> this incident did not come up in her interview process. It was not mentioned. And yet she was still selected. And then the mayor's office found out about this incident and they said that it would not have changed anything of them hiring her. You know, so I'm just like, man, of course, these people are being biased because she's a black female, they're gonna keep her around. Now, I feel like that'd be a cause for concern for dismissal. But like I said, at the same time, you have to weigh and balance it with <clears throat> she had a past that she made a mistake. She was punished and suspended for 20 days. Okay. <clears throat> but how is she now? So like I said, I've not been there and everybody seems to like Chief and they say that she sticks by the street cops. But I've also seen and heard the grumblings of she's very heavy handed on the punishments, man. So there has to be a middle ground here somewhere. Yo. So I can't sit here and say she's a bad person or a bad cop because I don't know her like that. But at the same time, like I said, I think she needs to really look at the punishment she's handing down. And honestly, I feel like she needs to lighten up a little bit. But I, I understand why she's being so heavy handed because the DOJ is breathing down LMPD's throat. So it just kind of is what it is, man. So 
And since we're on the topic of speaking about a woman of color, I saw this art this pop up the other day in my feed, and I ain't gonna lie, I was completely shocked. So we know it's the political season coming up, and Nikki Haley is in the news everywhere. And so I'll be honest, before this, I've heard of Nikki Haley, but I did not know anything about Nikki Haley. So when I'm sitting here and this this pops up in my feed, this interview, and I'm listening to Nikki Haley talk about growing up as a little brown girl, and I'm looking at Nikki Haley thinking like, brown? Where? I look at Nikki Haley, and my perception the whole time I've been looking at her is, oh, she's just, and I don't really care what color she's, but I just look at her. And my first one, my first opinion is she's just a regular old white lady, regular old white lady with a you know membership to Suntan City that likes to go, you know, catch some rays and get her son a little darker, her skin a little darker. That's literally my only impression of Nikki Haley. Also, when I heard slavery, we don't need to rehash that. But there were some critics. Uh, that, that criticized your comments last night about having black friends as sort of a, using a, a trope. What do you say to people who say that you've really had challenges when it comes to talking about race and are worried about what that would mean for the general election? We were the only Indian family in our small Southern town. I was teased every day for being brown. So anyone that wants to question it can go back and look at what I've said on how hard it was to grow up in the deep South as a brown girl. Anybody can look at my record and see when Walter Scott was shot down by a dirty cop, how I made sure that the Walter Scott family didn't suffer because we put the first body camera bill in the country in place. Anybody can look at the fact that when we had nine amazing souls die in Mother Emanuel Church, I did something that no Republican- Yo, so I- I see this and I'm looking like brown where and I'm sitting there like this is she's not brown. She's just a regular old white lady. Well, you would be wrong. I was wrong. So Miss Nikki Haley, a.k.a. Let me pull up the other the little Wikipedia page. Nikki Haley, a.k.a. Number I'm probably going to butcher my homeboy Kuma probably going to get me. Namorada Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, and Randwanda. I can't even do. I can't. She's so Indian. I can't even pronounce her last name. My apologies to the uh, Indian population and the Punjabi population. My bad, y'all. I can't pronounce. I can't say it. But I'm, I'm just sitting there thinking, like, no, she's really Indian. But in my mind, the first thing I wanted to do was discredit her and take away from her that you don't know what it's like to really be brown. And I. I have questions about her story, but I, at the same time, I know growing up in the deep South, yeah, she might've had light skin, but that, to call it brown skin, I doubt it. But when I look at her pictures from when she was younger, I'm just sitting there thinking like, yeah, she looked darker when she was younger. Yo. But if you ask me, I, I now view Nikki Haley as an Indian lady in America who is trying to come off as a white person because, and I, I can say this because I know how, as I did this, I tried to change my appearance. Like my mother, if you read my book, I am Pitch Memoirs of an American Patriot, taught me how to try to bleach my skin to look lighter. And I'm not the only person. This is actually a thing that goes on. People literally try to whitewash themselves to appear to be more white. If you look at Sammy Sosa, Michael Jackson, I mean, this is a thing, but a lot of people aren't going to advertise it, yo. And I was looking at some of Nikki Haley's pictures, and in my mind, I'm thinking, 
she's kind of she's kind of whitewashed herself, man. And some people might disagree with me on that, yo. But I'm be honest, I don't think that's the case. I really think. I mean, for me, <clears throat> the fact that she doesn't even call herself yo by her actual name, you know, number no Namorada, that tells me something. And a lot of people, this is the reason a lot of people stopped unfollowing me, yo. So it's just kind of weird that people got mad at me because I made the comment like, man, Nikki Haley, you know, I feel like she's trying to pass as a white person. And I've seen things where they said that she even marked herself as white in the past when she was running for office. And honestly, a lot of people I have talked to and come across were like, I had no clue she was Indian. No clue. Let me tell you all something. I worked at an event the other night. It was called India Fest. And I was surrounded by the smells of curry and actual Indian people for seven hours the other night, making some good money. Everybody was cool and treating me nice. But I'll be honest, I've seen some light Indians and I've seen some dark Indians. But I didn't see anybody that looked like Nikki Haley. Like I said, now, I don't want to discredit her struggles and suffering because I'm sure that there were things said to her because her family was Indian in South Carolina. I'm positive. But at the same time, if you take, I don't want I hate to compare struggles, but the things my family and I went through, I can tell you tremendously damaged my family, tremendously damaged me. Like I said, it took me becoming till I was 28 years old to become comfortable in my skin, to accept me as I am and love myself. And to stop trying to blend in and be like everybody else. <clears throat> and I feel like Haley, Nikki Haley has mastered that concept of suppressing who she is in her culture and her heritage to appear to be as more of a white lady. But I tell people, this concerns me because, I, you know, they say skin color don't matter and it does not matter. I don't care that she's white or any and I don't. But to me, I feel I see somebody trying to kind of hide who they are. And I had somebody tell me, well, she spoke about it before. Why does it matter? I feel like it matters because if you can't be honest about yourself and you're trying to change yourself for votes, and now all of a sudden, <clears throat> this lady's claiming to be brown. And now she's telling us how she was picked on and tortured as a kid for being brown skin. And, and, and I feel like it's this is for votes. This is literally for votes. She's literally coming out of the woodwork to say, she said it before. She's like, America's not a racist country which is, no, excuse me. She said America has never been a racist country. She said that, and I, and I said that is absolutely false. America absolutely was a racist country. Ask my grandparents. You can ask me, I've encountered racism, but it hasn't defined me and it hasn't shaped me. Is America still a racist country? No. Are the racist people in America? Absolutely. But that is not the makeup of our country now. Look at where we are. Look at how far we come. America has transformed from what it was to a country that was designed to be you know, for all men to be free. And of course, there are some black people that go, but we ain't free, nigga. We ain't for what you talk about. No, brother, I'm free. We're all free. But, you know, everybody's got different opinions on that, yo. But it, just seeing Nikki Hagel, it really threw me off guard, man. And I, I just don't, I don't accept her as a brown person. Because I can't, you can look at me and say, that's, that's, that brother's black. He's got some African in him somewhere. He's from the continent of Africa. Now, I'm not an African, but you can definitely tell. I'm definitely black. I can't hide this. I can't alter who I am or what I am, but she absolutely can and absolutely has. And now it's convenient that she's behind in the polls and all of a sudden, oh, feel bad for me. I was picked on for being brown when I was younger. Like I said, I'm sure some things were said to you, Nikki, but at the same time, I can guarantee you that you were able to probably assimilate and blend in better than most of us. Like I said, there's nothing I can change about myself that would make people look at me differently. Like I said, she's changed. Like I said, I'm not going to say she's changed her name, but nobody knows her by her first name. And I know some people don't go by their first name. There's some people that 
whose first names are probably too hard to pronounce. And there's a reason why they just go by Nikki. But at the same time, I feel like you're a politician. You got to be who you are and you got to love who you are. And I don't feel like that about her. Like I said, plus, I just feel like she's uh, grabbing for power and votes. She's hungry. She wants to be, be empowered, man. So I'm just not buying this whole Nikki Haley thing. Bro. I'm just not buying into it, man. I'm just like I said, I, I feel like she's purposely whitewashed herself. Some people might disagree, yo, but I just I know a lot of Indian people, a lot of them, and everybody just goes by their name. But like I say, when you see her, your first thought is that's a white lady. And like I said, I know Indians come in all different shades and colors. There's all different shades and colors of black people, but nothing about Nikki Haley says to me that she's an Indian. Nothing. Culturally wise, just the way nothing, nothing. And like I said, I'm comparing her to other people I saw the other night, yo. There's just none. And like I said, to me, she looks like somebody that has whitewashed herself to fit in, to be accepted inside of a certain party. And I hate that she possibly feels that way. And I'm stretching reaching because I don't know if that's how she really feels. That's just me, you know, giving my perception of from the outside looking in. I could be completely wrong, yo, but I'm just honestly, I'm just not buying it, man. Just not buying it. So we'll see where the election goes. And like, so I don't really want to get too deep into politics because honestly, I'm just tired of politics. And that was one of the things I was just kind of staying away from. You're like, so, but just me seeing her it just shocked me when I saw her. And I'm like, this is a white lady. Clearly she's not white, but this, like I say, color don't matter. But when people take color and weaponize it to try to get something out of you and get something out of you emotionally to get you to go to the polls and vote for them. Like I said, it just tells you something when all the people that voted for her in uh, New Hampshire were Democrats, they left, you know, switched over to become Republicans just so they could vote for Nikki Haley and ousted, bro. So it's like I'm just not buying it, man. I feel like she's a Democrat plant personally, but she ain't the one for me, man. Go Trump 2024, bro. So, man, we're gonna get ready to move on to this last story. I got another story I want to do after this, but with the border situation at the border in Texas, but I'm not gonna do that because I am running out of time. So, but I'm gonna go ahead and talk about. The Middle East, because things are starting to get hot and pick up in the Middle East. I don't know if you all have noticed, but man, thing in the Middle East, like I said, it's not in the news a lot, but up in the Middle East and it's starting temperatures starting to rise. And so there's been these little attacks going on in the Middle East here and there over the last few years. And I was not aware of it at all. I talked to a young LMPD officer in the jail and he was telling me how often these bases over in Iraq that are on the border with Syria and like Jordan were getting attacked by like drones, they're being attacked by just like rockets and missiles. So in my mind, it's just bizarre hearing this thinking and knowing that, man, I was wounded in Iraq almost 20 years ago. And there are still U.S. troops being hurt and injured over there by these attacks. Yo, So the other day or yesterday, as a matter of fact, yesterday, we learned that there were three U.S. military troops killed and killed in a, at a base. And I guess on the Jordan Syrian border. And there's not a lot that's come out about, I don't know the unit or the names, but I just want to say prayers out to those guys, yo, but like 37 others were wounded by a drone attack. And so, like I said, they believe that it was uh, Iranian-backed proxies that are leading these attacks on us. And for me, sitting here like, man, it breaks my heart that we're still losing troops in the Middle East, yo, but it also breaks my heart because of our current administration. I just don't have the confidence in the Biden administration that they're going to do anything about it. Yo. So when I don't know if a lot of people are aware of this, what a drone attack is, but I came across a video the other day on Instagram and it absolutely blew my mind and shocked me. And so back in 2004, when I was in Iraq, the major weapon being used was improvised explosive devices, IEDs. So the insurgents would take these bombs and bury them in the dirt 
you drive by, they click together two wires or hit a button on a cell phone, the remote detonated, boom, blown up, people die. But now, man, it just shows how far the battlefield has advanced in such a few years. You're like, it's what has happened with the battlefield in this short amount of time is insane. Like, I'm I play Call of Duty, I play, I play video games, dude. I'm a gamer, kind of. So, but man, I remember on Call of Duty, like you could get like you get enough kills. You can get a like a death drone and you can go fly this drone straight into somebody and kill them, you know. So and hearing that these guys were killed by a drone, I came across this page on Instagram called Battles and Beers, and they have a ton of footage from the Ukraine, Iraq, or Ukraine, Russia war. And one of the major primary weapons that's being used over there right now are these killer drones, man. And so I'm gonna play this video for y'all right here. So if you look, there's a little drone flying. Then you got a little Russian soldier here. The drone picks up on him, and the guy takes off. Uh-oh, is it still playing? <clears throat> okay, yeah, yeah. So the guy's running, running, and here comes the drone. Drone goes right up his butt. Boom. Blast him and kills him, dude. And I'm sitting here like, man, that is absolutely terrifying, dude. Like, death by drone. And just hearing this that this happened to our troops. And, I mean, there's other ways that they do this. They don't just fly them in. They attach bombs to these drones and they just fly over a location and they just drop like right into the middle of a group of soldiers. Yo. So if you go to Battles and Bears on Instagram, are tons of videos of these drone attacks. I mean, they're flying drones like right into the back of a Russian truck filled with troops and just killing everybody on board. Babe. So the battlefield is definitely absolutely terrifying. Like what is going on? You know, so I'm just sitting here like, man, this is what our troops in the Middle East are facing. You know, that soldier, that uh, LMPD officer I talked to the other day at the jail was telling me how, like, there's no more guard duty on military base. So back when uh, when I was in the war in 04, geez, I sound so old, back when I was in the war, but, but but back when I was in Iraq, you know, we'd have guard duty. You have guys that would sit up in towers to look out, you know, patrol the perimeter. But he says now everything is, like, literally operated by drones. There's just drones that constantly fly around the base and keep an eye out for everything, yo. And I'm just like, we're living in a different time, but man, it's just, it's very upsetting to hear and see what has happened with us losing troops in, in, in the Middle East still. I mean, after all these years, I mean, kind of like why and what's it for? And why are we still there? But I understand that, you know, there's a reason why, but I might not agree with it now, but I just hate the fact that there's young men and women dying in a war that they weren't even alive for when it started. And it breaks my heart that we're losing our most precious resource here in America. That's our and women. You know, then we also lost two Navy SEALs the other day over in our in, over in the, in the waters over there. They somehow fell off the boat, you know, and they just lost at sea. And it, it, it's just blowing my mind, man. And I just don't like what's happening in America right now. We got the issue going down at the border with Texas and the, the standoff between the National, Texas National Guard. In the federal government, Texas, stand your ground. I'm gonna talk about that some more on a later podcast because I'm running out of time, yo. But man, you, we have to continue to pray for our country and pray for our troops, regardless of how you feel about who's in the administration. Don't lie to myself, Mr. Mushroom Brains. Can't hardly walk, can't hardly give a speech, but he is the commander in chief, and our boys and girls are still in dangerous way, and they're still shedding blood on the battlefield. So we can't lose sight of that. So while everybody was cheering on. You know, the 49ers and the Detroit Lions and, you know, the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. There's young men and women out here still spilling blood for our country. 
so that we can enjoy these things. Yo, but the thing is, man, I didn't see anybody hardly post about these troops being wounded over there because I feel like everybody's so far removed, yo, from from the from what's going on over there because we have so many distractions here. I mean, we're distracted by social media, the news, and just life in general. I mean, football games, sports, and I feel like we've lost sight of those that are still in harm's way, and we take it. Me personally, I don't because I've been wounded over there, and I know the sacrifice. But say my heart and my heart pours out to them and their families, and I really hope that we do something and retaliate. You know, honestly, I, it's blood for blood. This is this isn't. Any, I don't care about the Geneva Conventions. This is literally blood for blood. You take three of ours. We should take 300 of yours. That's the only way we're going to, this thing's going to stop. And I heard that like Biden wants to strike on some like empty conic boxes in the desert. And I'm just like, that's not enough, man. It was the same thing that happened in Afghanistan during the Afghanistan withdrawal. We had a, what, 12, 16 Marines and sailors and soldiers get blown to pieces. Yo, and what was our retaliation? We struck a couple targets and killed a couple kids. Like this, no, this isn't going to work, man. This is not who we are as a man. People used to know, you don't mess with America, but now everybody feels comfortable going and poking and prodding America because we have weak leadership from top to bottom. Top to bottom. It's not good for any of us, man. And where this goes, who knows? Are we going to go to war? I don't know. Who? I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if we're going into a civil war. I don't know if we're going to a world war. People are saying we are. I don't know, but only time will tell. All I think I know is I'm prepared on my end if I have to go and do something to fight for this country again. I'm prepared. Of course, after I get my knee surgery, <laughs> can't do much right now because I'm a little broken, but you know, I'm I'm here for I'm here for it all. So I'm gonna go ahead and wrap up the show, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, I appreciate you all for coming back. I am sorry for the absence. I cannot thank you all enough for just sticking with me and tuning in. Hope I haven't lost too many followers and listeners, but to those that are still here with me on this journey, we're gonna keep it going. I'm gonna get back into doing the show. I'm gonna do some solos. I got some good guests coming up, man. We're going to keep the show rolling. So if you could, be sure to go follow me on Instagram at IamPits1. Let's get the followers up, man. Don't have me come in second fiddle to some fat chick sitting in front of her her camera, her phone eating every day, slurping on noodles and eating chicken and crunching in the camera, man. Don't do me like that. Give me some follows, man. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your peeps, tell everybody, follow I Am Pits 1 on Instagram. And also, be sure to get a copy of the book, I Am Pits Memoirs of an American Patriot. Just got a fresh order in, so if you need a book, be sure to holler at me. Give me a give me a holler. Hit me up on my e email at impits at yahoo.com. And like I said, be sure to go and rate to the show and subscribe to the show on YouTube. Share it, tell your friends and all that good jazz. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, it is so good. All thank you all for sticking with me. Hey, I love and appreciate each and every one of you all. And I try to get to every message that gets sent to me. Thank you all so much. I love you all. God bless you all. And I will see y'all on the next one.